0: We bring you the business of recovery because those struggling with addiction need you to be here tomorrow as well as today. Thank you for joining me here on the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski, CEO of Circle Social Inc., a strategic marketing and growth consulting firm for behavioral health and addiction treatment. Today, we are speaking with Jessica Vickers of Ashley Addiction Treatment, and she is talking with us about a very special pain recovery program that they have. Uh, this is obviously something that I think is an obvious need uh, across the country in terms of people that have a lot of physical pain. You know, maybe it's from a car accident or maybe it's from a health condition. And they're prescribed prescription medications for that reason, and then also struggle with addiction. So, an important topic. But before we dive into that, I do want to hear from our wonderful sponsors, SoberLink. Professionals like those that listen to the Recovery Executive Podcast know that technology-assisted care is improving all aspects of healthcare. Addiction treatment is no different. SoberLink is an accountability tool that's helped thousands of people in early recovery. If you haven't heard of SoberLink. It's a discrete alcohol monitoring system with real-time results and reports. You can improve your clients' outcomes with the latest technology recommended by 4 out of 5 treatment providers. For a limited time and for Recovery Executive podcast listeners, you can get a free soberlink device by visiting www.soberlink.com/free. As always, thank you very much to them. So pain management or pain recovery with addiction treatment program is a need I've seen for a long time. As many of you know, you know I travel the country, I'm on the road sometimes two or three weeks out of four for every month with different treatment centers, with different clients, consulting in their programs, helping them grow, helping them turn things around. And I see this need with the patients a lot because we do a lot of interviews with the patients and alumni when we're helping programs out. And we see this consistent concern popping up around pain management, because there are physical health issues. You know, and sometimes you go into a program and a program has, you know, yoga or Pilates, or there's a gym available, and that's pretty common, but that's very different from actually helping people out with chronic pain. And I have the number of friends that have struggled with addiction due to chronic pain. And one of their barriers to overcoming their addictions was this whole pain piece, right? because while they wanted to kick the habit or, you know, come down off of the various prescriptions that they were on, the physical pain was so intense that they just didn't know how to live or feel like they could live without taking the prescription pills. And different people have found different ways to find recovery within that, but no one I had talked to previously had ever found a specific program that could help them. And so I was very excited when I learned that Ashley Addiction actually offered a pain recovery program that was built specifically for these kind of patients. You know, maybe these patients aren't necessarily your traditional uh, individual struggling with addiction. Maybe it's really just a a dependence that's been built up over time and they just don't know how to live life without um, some kind of medication or live life with the pain because the pain can be quite intense. And so there's a lot of physical therapy that needs to happen with that. But there's also a very strong mental health and emotional component. You know, when you look at the brain, when you look at the way that people react to pain, if they numb it for too long, then the severity, right, the dichotomy between no pain and then certainly having pain is even more intense. And it creates, you know, our standard negative feedback loops, where to avoid the pain, I take more drugs, maybe I build up a tolerance to those drugs, so I need to take more, and it just cycles down. So there are unique strategies that are needed to help people with uh, these kind of co-occurring conditions in a sense and Ashley has developed a program specifically for that so Jessica will talk to us a lot about how that program came about what they do that's differently in it and what kind of successes that they have seen. so I'm excited to jump into this interview let's listen to what Jessica has to say hey Jessica really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and uh, introduce Ashley Addiction Treatment at the same time
1: absolutely thank you Nick I'm really happy to be here, and uh, I'm Jessica Vickers, I work at Ashley Addiction Treatment Center in Havity Grace, Maryland, and I am the Pain Recovery uh, Clinical Program Manager and Counselor. Um, I started at Ashley just about four years ago in the primary program and moved over to the pain program about a year ago, a little over a year ago, last July. So, And I kind of just took the program and, and ran with it. and it's been awesome. I love,
0: I love what I do. So that's what we really wanted to connect on. You know, I'm really interested in this pain management program that you guys run. I think this is something that's really important in the world of recovery. There are a lot of people dealing with physical pain and obviously opioid prescriptions and pain uh, relievers that come with that. So how do you deal with that and addiction I think is a very important topic. So could you just give us a little bit of background on the program itself?
1: Absolutely. So Um, A woman that um, she actually used to be my supervisor, we're still um, colleagues here, back in about 2013, um, her and some of the other team members noticed, um, you know, a trend in the increase in opioids and kind of anticipated um, sort of a problem with that as they were seeing more and more people addicted to opioids come into the program and, um, you know, a lot of them had the So they put together a program um, that they wanted to put together a program that not only could address the substance use but also the pain part of um, the patient's issues and their goal was to make it an abstinence-based program um, so that patients could learn how to live in recovery from substance use and from their chronic pain. debilitating chronic pain, so, um, and then the program start, started in 2015, um, and it's been going
0: since. Okay, so you guys have been going for about five years now. How has the program kind of evolved? I know that you just joined it personally, you know, recently, but how has that program evolved since its inception?
1: So, when it began, it was kind of model, modeled off of another program um, that's the the clinician had been a part of. Um, and so I think a lot of it's evolved through, um, you know, learning experiences, trial and error, just implementing different things. And as, you know, as we get more research and as we learn about different modalities, we've been able to implement different modalities through the years. Uh, the physical therapy piece, which is a very significant part of the pain recovery program, um, has been consistent so That's an inception but someone's like the education that the pain patients get has changed a little bit just sort of based on what their needs are what you know what they need to know the coping skills that can help them specifically with their pain condition so some of the curriculum has changed uh the scheduling has changed a little bit
0: i'm curious in terms of those differences Because you are dealing with people that have, uh, they're coming into addiction from a different background, right? You know, I often say you have to understand how someone got into addiction to help them get out. And so, you know, you talked about having different pieces of programming in place compared to what you have in in the regular programming. So what are some of those key differences that you have found to be more effective for people within the pain recovery program? I
1: would say one of the biggest differences is that our pain program is five weeks as opposed to four weeks. And... Not only is that good for people with the chronic pain condition, uh, for their physical therapy needs, but, you know, research shows that the longer uh, a person is engaged in treatment, the better their chances of success are. So just having that longer period to stabilize, I think, is really important. But also, some of the modalities that we use for the pain recovery program, the massage, the acupuncture, the Reiki, those are all offered in the pain recovery program, and the. As part of the program, we also, the education sessions are very specifically designed for chronic pain patients, so the education not only addresses the substance use, but also the chronic pain piece as well, so that the patients learn about uh, their condition, how it works in the brain, the similarities between um, substance abuse and chronic pain, the coping skills So it's very uh, specifically targeted for chronic pain patients. And then the group topics themselves, when they, you know, all the pain patients, they have small process group every day, and those topics are also specifically related to chronic pain and chronic pain recovery. What
0: do you find different about the patients coming into the pain recovery program? Do you find that they have a different approach to addiction? Do you, you find that maybe even the severity of addiction is, is different or stronger or weaker within that program versus your regular programming?
1: Not not really. I mean, there is a small percentage of the patients who come in with a true dependence on their medication where there's no indicators that there is any other addiction um, criteria other than the withdrawal and tolerance. And for those patients, they still get, you know, the benefit of all the program, all of all that the program has to offer, because we do attack these, both disorders from a multidimensional approach. So they're going to, they always end up getting something out of it, even though it, it deals with substance use and pain, they still get something out of the, uh, the curriculum and the schedule and the modalities.
0: I'm also kind of curious around maybe some of the potential similarities there. You know, I think a lot of people struggling with addiction have some kind of pain, right? It's when we talk about trauma or psychic pain or, you know, kind of mental health. There's these broken relationships. There's, you know, things that have happened to us in our past that, you know, have really painful experiences that, you know, maybe we're trying to cope with or escape from, and so within a pain recovery program, that pain, rather than being, you know, mental or emotional, is physical. I'm just kind of curious in your thoughts around that, if you see any kind of parallels.
1: Absolutely. So pain affects every area of the brain. And our emotions, our thoughts, our you know, how we react to social connections, all of that is connected with pain and how it works in the brain. And so a lot of times... Um, and people that do have trauma, and I don't know the exact percentage, but I know that they are at increased risk of having some sort of chronic pain condition. So it, it's all very connected, and uh, the consequences of somebody with chronic pain are very similar to the consequences of somebody with substance use. that affects families the same way, and the treatment, we use it for both, for the substance use and for the chronic pain, and it works for both disorders because we do approach it from, you know, that multidimensional approach.
0: Yeah, I think there is always a a psychosomatic component to any kind of um, mental or emotional pain that people are dealing with. And, you know, if you look at cross cultures, there does tend to be a consistency around, you know, various symptom pools and people expressing it in different physical ways, right? Whether that's, you know, hysteria a couple hundred years ago, or, you know, even if you look at concerns around like weight and self-image, a lot of Asian patients around um, eating disorders will express it as physical discomfort you know, in their stomach sometimes. So I, I think that's interesting to look at that connection and really understand. And you see that sometimes within trauma, too, right? There's been a lot of research around how the trauma kind of lives in the body, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, yeah, even depression, too, hurts, you know. People who have major depressive disorder, you know, or bipolar, you go in, you know, when they go into that depression, you know, they can oftentimes have pain throughout the body. And pain is interesting. It'll, it'll move around. It'll move around your body. And then the more you think about it, the, the worse it gets. And, you know, oftentimes pain patients fall into this fear avoidance cycle. They, they fear getting up and moving around because it hurts. And then so they avoid it. And really that's the best thing for them.
0: Right. Yeah, I think I see that we see that with normal addiction too. You know, as you start to rely on the drugs to avoid the pain, the pain almost feels more intense in severity when you do have it because you're not used to experiencing that pain, right? So then you avoid it more and it just kind of creates this negative feedback loop.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we see that all the time. So a lot of our education is around that, around how the pain actually gets worse when patients try to medicate it with a benzo or with, you know, most commonly opioids, but sometimes we get people with alcohol use disorder or a benzodiazepine use disorder. And I've even had patients that say they have felt relief from their cocaine use. But, yeah, I mean, it it gets worse. And usually when the patients come off of the substances, their pain is actually worse than it was before they even started using the substances. So it's, uh, yeah, it is a vicious cycle.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, you know, because it just gets gets harder and harder to deal with the less used to it you are. And I think also sometimes there's a numbing effect, right? Whether it's a painkiller meant for specific physical pain or you're talking about mental emotional pain. You know, when it's numb, you don't realize you're continuing to damage it, right? (laughs) You might walk on that foot, um, not even feel it, but that actually makes it worse. And so then when you do, you know, stop taking the the medication or whatever it is, it, it is worse.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pain patients tend to get, when they're having a bad day and they wake up and they have a bad day, they tend to do way less than they should. And when they're having a good day, they tend to do way more than they should. Um, Balance is another key piece of our program, teaching that balance. You know, know, listening to your body, being able to feel your body, you know, knowing your limitations and accepting your limitations. You know, there's also, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm getting off topic, but I'm thinking of all these things as I'm talking, but... There's also a grief component, too, with a lot of our chronic pain patients because they there's a loss of the life they thought they were going to have oftentimes. And so there's that, that grief, the lack of acceptance. So, yeah, so we, we see it all and, and we address it all and help patients come to a place of acceptance and a place of hope as they move forward.
0: Yeah, and for another parallel, you're you're not getting rid of the pain, right? Like, that's not what happens in the program. You know, the physical pain, whether it's from a, a car accident or something, you know, it often doesn't go away. So it's more about teaching the coping skills about how to live with the pain and deal with it appropriately. You know, I think that applies to the the mental health space as well. But, you know, can you speak to that a little bit? Because uh, I know that you mentioned on a previous call we had where, yeah, a lot of the patients just have to learn to live with it. You know, they're not they're not getting rid of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish we could get rid of it. You know, that would be great. But, no, we don't get rid of the pain. And we do help them have a different experience with it. And, you know, helping them with their identifying the cognitions that are kind of keeping that pain gate open um, and the emotions and finding, it, you know, meaning and purpose, the spiritual component. And then the social aspect, um, I just actually did a education session yesterday where I talked about, you know, the connection between social pain and physical pain and how social pain hurts and that a lot of times when people, they lose a loved one, people will say, oh, you know, I have a broken heart, but it, it physically hurts. You know, it's real pain and, and it's all connected in the brain. When, when somebody is in pain, you can see on hands, like every area is lit up.
0: Yeah, I don't think we, we think and we don't realize how much there's that psychosomatic connection a lot of the time, but it's definitely there. And you you actually don't refer to this as a pain management program. You know, actually this term is actually pain recovery. You just want to touch on that distinction a little bit? Yeah,
1: definitely. So- Pain management, the biggest difference is that pain management really addresses just the physical aspect. It's more about, um, you know, sometimes physical therapy might be offered, injections, um, medication management, dealing just with the physical aspect of a patient's pain experience. Um, And we know that it's not just physical. So it's pain recovery because we address all aspects of the patient's pain experience, you know, the the mental aspect, the emotional aspect, the social aspect, spiritual aspect, and of course the physical aspect, because that is a piece of it, but it's not all of it. And I think pain management misses that very significant part of it. So a lot of our patients who have uh, who come in have tried pain management. They've tried, you know, medication or physical therapy or injections, but they haven't had all of the services at the same time, which is what we offer here. And um, that's really where the healing is. In our experience, we have found that addressing all of those areas is what works.
0: That's why I'm really encouraged by your program, and I think it needs to be more common across the country because most people aren't aware that these kind of programs exist. Right? They think of pain management or pain clinics, where it's you know really just getting help with the physical pain. You know, and then they think of addiction, and they think of those as two separate topics. But really, there are many, many cases, especially around opioid prescriptions, where you do need to combine both. You need help on the addiction side of things as well as managing the pain. And so I think these programs are just becoming more and more important across the country.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100% that there needs to be more of these programs. I mean, we are a very unique program.
0: So... People don't really search for this. Again, they don't really know it's a service per se. How, how do people end up kind of finding you, or, or how do you help make people aware that this unique kind of programming exists?
1: Well, let's see. A lot of our patients are referred um, by, you know, other people who maybe have come through here. Um, insurance carriers also know about our program. We um, get some Cases through uh, workers comp. We um, there's marketing. Marketing also helps, you know, with outreach programs, and we have certain outreach people in different areas that also help. So yeah, if I could, you know, send out a public service announcement or you know something like that, I would love to. So part of the confusion is because. When people see pain recovery, they might automatically think pain management, and they don't know that there's a big difference.
0: Yeah, I'm you know I'm hoping this podcast helps get the word out a bit on that. You talk about a lot of providers there. You know, you've got especially when you got someone that's involved with uh, both addiction and you know physical pain issues. You've got therapists, counselors, medication prescribers, right? Uh, general practitioner, PCPs. That's a lot of care coordination. You know, that's probably a little bit different from the average patient coming in for addiction. You know, how do you guys help the patient navigate all of that?
1: Yeah, and that's a great question. It is a very complex treatment um, approach. So the pain team, uh, while the patient is in treatment, we work together very closely to make sure that the patient's needs are met. Our program is relatively small. And I think that that helps also add to the individualized attention that each patient gets and sort of the additional attention that each patient gets. Um, and then as far as, you know, coordinating all of their services for aftercare, we have, you know, Pat and she, she coordinates all of those aftercare needs and make sure, you know, we make sure that everybody's on the same page, that we're collaborating, that all of the services are set up for the patient when they leave. So... It is a lot to to navigate, and and patients often feel very overwhelmed when they get here. But because they are in such a safe place um, and surrounded by the team, they learn how to kind of navigate through the system first with us, and then it helps them navigate the system outside of here.
0: Well, I think that's another uh, disadvantage of this kind of program, right, because that kind of navigation of the system is going to have to happen regardless, right? You're, you're managing all these different things, and people struggle with it. So I think by coming coming into a program like this, you have the added advantage of not just you know dealing with addiction and pain, but you're learning how to all, all this complex navigation of the, the healthcare landscape.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, because you know, when patients come in, they don't really know what they need, and they don't know what services actually work and what benefits them, and they don't know that you know maybe – Reiki is something that could help them, Um, or uh, maybe they tried acupuncture once in the past but didn't like it but never tried it with massage at the same time. I mean, not in the same session, but, you know, like in the same week. So this is really a great place for them to start learning what works for them and how to manage it um, as far as time and what services they need and what kind of doctor they need to get it from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then from, you know, an insurance standpoint, how does that kind of play out? Does it end up being like a bundled treatment or are you guys having to separate out physical therapy and health from, you know, addiction treatment mental health?
1: So I can't really speak too much on the um, financial aspect. I can say that a lot of our insurance carriers do cover the pain recovery program. Um, Their physical therapy is built through their insurance. Most insurance carriers have some sort of physical therapy benefit. That's paid for, you know, through their insurance. And then the rest of the program is sort of a a bundle and then insurance carriers, some of that insurance, do pay for that part.
0: Okay. And then you kind of mentioned in the beginning that your goal was abstinence around the painkiller or the prescription drug use. How does that fit in from either a detox or maybe an MAT perspective? You know, does that ever present a challenge with patients coming in on some of those protocols or helping with, you know, managing the pain at the same time?
1: Yeah, so that can be difficult. And um, so the medication-supported recovery, um, we definitely ideally would like abstinence in the pain recovery program. There are a couple exceptions to that, and that would be one if their addiction is, is predominant. If their addiction is the primary issue and chronic pain is maybe secondary. you may consider um, medication supportive recovery if you know if it's indicated and, and of course that's a conversation that the patient would have to have with the doctor. However, we do try to do you know we try abstinence because you know we don't prescribe opioids for pain um, That's like against our philosophy. But if there is, you know, an addiction that is more prevalent than the pain and there's, you know, risk of overdose and, you know, we want to make sure that the patient is safe, we would consider that and we would look at that on an individualized basis. And as far as the detox, we detox the pain patients just like any other patient that might come in on opioids or alcohol or benzos, There's a protocol um, and the doctors work with the patients to, you know, wean them off of whatever substances did that answer your question?
0: Yeah, no, that's it, great. Then with the pain piece in particular, I'm just kind of interested in the results that you guys are seeing with it, uh, especially kind of from the patient's subjective end of things. Do you really see a strong reduction in the the sensations of physical pain that they're experiencing throughout the program? Yes,
1: we do. It's very significant. We've actually just recently tracked the results from a Patient perspective, we, we use an assessment that's from patient reported outcome measures and we give it to them. It's called a pain catastrophizing scale. We give it to them in their first week that they get here and then again in their fifth week. And so it's all subjective. What, how the patient feels about their pain experience, put together data from last year and the, uh, the results are really significant. There's a huge decrease and what uh, the intensity of their pain experience from week one to week five. So promising. It's, uh, it was really exciting when I got when I got that data. So
0: From your perspective, what do you think is really effective in the program that leads to that outcome? Is it the physical therapy component? Is it the coping skills?
1: Honestly, it's the entire package together. It's the combination of the services that is really you know the contributor to the outcome. Because, like I said, you know, some of the patients, they come in and they've tried either physical therapy or injections or maybe they try tried acupuncture, right, chiropractic services at one point or another, and or maybe, you know, they try tried, you know, mental health therapy. But if the services all at the same time, addressing all of it at the same time in a way that makes sense, that is the, the, the benefit, that is the mechanism for, for change.
0: Do you have any particular stories you want to share? You know, maybe a patient came in and they really had trouble walking or something, and then were able to kind of walk as they completed the program. Anything really, you know, stands out as a success story.
1: Yeah, there's so many of them, but yeah, there was one woman who came in who was dependent on opioids. She was prescribed. I believe, prescribed initially for a uh, pain condition, and I can't remember off the top of my head what exactly was going on as far as her pain. But she came in uh, heavily under the influence of fentanyl, probably spent at least two weeks detoxing, slowly but surely started to get better. She came in having to use a wheelchair, and, you know, within probably a week she was on the roll later, and then it came by the time she left, uh, walking Fairly good. She was very resistant to treatment when she came in. She ended up extending about a week or so, uh, but by the time she left, she was she was excited to be clean. She couldn't believe that she could you know feel this good without drugs. Um, she really didn't believe that this was going to work for her, or that she would ever be able to manage her pain comfortably without some sort of medication. Had no understanding of the connection between pain and emotions and mental health. The last I heard, she was still doing very well. Um, And she's one of just the ones that really sticks out. There was another gentleman who came in. He was uh, definitely just dependent. He didn't meet any of the other addiction criteria. He was on a very high amount of opioids and probably spent at least three weeks or so detoxing um, pretty acutely. Uh, Came in. He could barely walk. Was very, very hopeless. Used the cane. And when he left, he actually left me his cane which I have hanging on my wall as a testament to just how amazing this program is, you know, and we offer the services, but it's up to the patient to really take advantage of the services and, and to jump in and really want this thing. And, you know, that motivation is a huge catalyst for change.
0: I'm curious on the mental health and to, you know, what are the what are the patient's primary complaints when they come in? You know, are, are they feeling numb? Are they feeling disconnected emotionally? You know, are they feeling demotivated? What are what are the mental and emotional challenges that they specifically often mention when they come in?
1: Well, I would say the most common is anxiety, and a close second would be the depression, and that's really common for anybody in early recovery. I would say if uh, pain patients are definitely at a more increased. Risk for having developing a depression or anxiety disorder um, because of the additional sort of consequences that may come from a pain condition, maybe losing their job, maybe financial issues, maybe um, issues with getting a disability. So there's additional factors for the pain patients, but anxiety and depression are cues when a patient comes in, and so that's really really tough. Is is helping a patient you know be patient basically with themselves and with the process and know that they're not the only ones feeling this and that you know early recovery coming off of substances you're going to be anxious you're going to be depressed and to give themselves some time to really get those uh, toxins out of their body and give themselves a chance to really start to feel better and then when they do when they get the glimpses of feeling better that kind of gives them hope to keep going um, so just really that strong encouragement, positive reinforcement, and just being there to, to help them through those first couple of weeks is so, so important. they can get through the first couple of weeks, they're usually pretty good to go. They they can, you know, they, because they start to see the benefits, and they start to understand, okay, this does work. Um, maybe not every single day is great. There might be moments during the day where they have anxiety, but they have seen the positives of it. And... Um, it helps keep them going through this.
0: So speaking of those benefits, you mentioned outcomes previously. Uh, what are outcomes are you tracking within the program?
1: So we just have the one measurement tool that we use for uh, the pain patients right now um, and it tracks really their cognitions around their subjective pain experience. We are using uh, another company to track some outcomes during treatment and also outside of treatment. I'm not super familiar. With all of that Um, and then I am working with the team to create another tracking tool that we can use while they're in treatment and um, also start tracking like after treatment, you know, the follow-up outcome because I think that's really important too.
0: Do you guys have any special alumni programming for this particular program?
1: I wouldn't say it's necessarily special. I mean, we do keep in touch with um, the patients alumni are part of our alumni program and so that the uh, alumni director and some of the other actually staff members that work in the alumni department are familiar with the patients that have come through the pain program. So they can definitely pull from the resources if they need a specific alumni person maybe to help somebody who's in treatment. I'm also in touch with some alumni. I have one one patient who actually speaks to the current pain patient um, who, who came through this program almost a year ago now. She's doing amazing. And she actually zooms in once every five weeks and has a meeting with the current pain patients. So, not really like a a special separate alumni, but they are a part of the alumni. Okay. Overall,
0: like what originally got Ashley into this particular program? You know, was it a particular staff member that was really passionate about it? Did you see a lot of patients with the need? What was the original motivation for founding it?
1: I'm not sure if there was a particular staff member. I mean, I know when I was talking to my colleague earlier this week about it, you know, actually has been very passionate about helping people in general. And we just, she just said, you know, there was just a need. They saw, they could see it coming. They could see the, you know, the pandemic um, or the, the epidemic coming. And they saw the connection between the pain or having a chronic pain condition and the opioid addiction. And they really wanted to... Implement, you know, a program that could help address both of those things, so that we could help, you know, even more people you know, find recovery. The chief medical officer and um, chief clinical officer here, Dr. Holman, I know, is very invested in this program as well, and that he's got a lot of uh, his medical background is, He specializes in pain medicine, so he's also very passionate about this work and part of the team and.
0: So as you built out the program and as you've joined it yourself, you know, what are the challenges you've seen arise in both building it and delivering it that are different from, you know, maybe challenges you've seen in your standard programming?
1: One of the biggest challenges I think when I first came on board was just not having the medical background and not being familiar with some of the, you know, physical issues that the patients were going through. And so I've done, you know, I've done some research and I've, I've sort of educated myself on some of the basics of pain and how it works in the brain and so that I can be more effective and I can bring in more effective modalities.
0: On the mental health end, do you guys use any different programming? You know, so your standard CBT, DBT, maybe 12-step facilitation. Is there anything specific or unique that you incorporate into the pain recovery program?
1: So we use um, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. Uh, which is unique to pain programs. There's a lot of evidence to show that mindfulness is effective with everything. And, you know, pain being one of those things, uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, mindfulness has been shown to be you know, effective with so many things. You know, I've done a lot of trainings and uh, in mindfulness. So I uh, do bring the mindfulness-based cognitive therapy sessions to the pain patients twice a week, and that is something very unique to just the pain program. And there Like I was saying at the beginning, their um, acupuncture, their massage, their Reiki services um, is unique to them. We do schema therapy, although schema therapy is used with uh, some of the other patients as well. And then just the therapeutic model foundation that I think most of the counselors come from, a very person-centered, motivational interviewing, CBT type of um, counseling in general, so individual sessions and sometimes group sessions.
0: Are those the sessions in terms of like physical health and recovery versus the standard, you know, mental health, addiction treatment, recovery? Are, are those integrated or are they kind of separate parts of the same program?
1: So we separate. They're definitely they're integrated into the program. We the same program is five weeks, and so each week is themed. You know, one week is physical wellness, then emotional wellness, mental wellness, social wellness, spiritual wellness. So, um and. Obviously, because we, you know, all of those things are connected, there is some overlap in the curriculum, but we, we bring those things, we bring specific pieces in each week, you know, physical wellness, there's a lot more focus on, you know, your physical person, Um, but there's, because like I said, it, it is all connected, we are going to touch on mental and emotional also, and so on and so forth. So, I think that answers your question.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Any any final thoughts kind of on the program? Anything that we haven't covered that you'd really like to uh, share with the listeners?
1: It's just, I mean, it, it's such a great program. And I think that, you know, the groups that come in, they're, they are so close and they're so, um, they get to know each other so well. And we're kind of in our own little protected Island at Ashley. You know, we are a part of Ashley, but we're also very protected and safe and there's nothing like it. And I absolutely love it. I love the patient, and I've seen so many miracles come through here, so many good outcomes. We have a clinical aide. This is a, another piece that is unique to the pain program that I just thought about. Our clinical aide, uh, John, he is, he is alumni, and uh, he works specifically with pain patients. He goes with them to the pool. He sits um, in on groups. He has his own sessions with them. It gets really, really close with them as a peer. You know, again, that social aspect, that peer support aspect is so important. And he's getting that, he's giving that to them while in treatment. And it's just, it's a very special program.
0: So that's actually a good question there that you mentioned. so this is really a residential program is there anywhere across the country or how how do you handle is there like a step down to php iop outpatient or do they just kind of go back to a physical therapist and a counselor in the area how how does that process work
1: so when they come in i'll assess their needs um, as they're going along and depending on on what their needs are or if any any needs emerge while they're in treatment i'll make a recommendation Uh, for their aftercare and then depending on the recommendation, Pat will then, uh, coordinate, uh, with the patient and the families to find, you know, appropriate aftercare to meet their needs, which more often than not will include physical therapy, you know, continued physical therapy, continued massage and acupuncture, Reiki, uh, possibly continued substance abuse treatment depending on the level of care that's recommended and most of the time, continued mental health and emotional health therapy.
0: Okay. So, Jessica, if people want to get in touch with you or get in touch with Ashley about this program, what would be the best way to do that?
1: The website. They can find information on the website. They can call our helpline, 1-800-799-HOPE, which is 4673, or any of our social media sites as well. Well,
0: Jessica, I really appreciate you taking the time to share this special program. I think it's really important. I think where it needs to get out that these are available and you know, really help people understand that you can combine pain management with uh, addiction treatment, and that's often needed. So I appreciate all the time and, and appreciate you coming on the show. For all our listeners out there, this is the Recovery Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Jaworski, and thank you for listening. Thank you
1: so much, Nick. Thanks for having me.